You are listening to Bit Podcast, a business podcast series produced by BitPod on behalf of PKF Malta. This series is brought to you by BitPod's co-founder, Dr. Marilyn Formosa. Hello to all of our listeners and welcome to the latest episode of this BitPod. I am Miriam Sultana and today I will be taking over your usual host, Marilyn. Today with us, we have a very special guest, Ms. Claudia Dalli, who is one of our economists at PKF. Claudia has been working with us for quite a few years now. She has a degree in economics and later continued her studies with a master's degree in economics as well. She is here with us to discuss our latest project, which PKF has undertaken as part of its ongoing commitment to keeping our clients updated with the latest developments within the market. She will be talking to us about the impact of COVID-19 on the Maltese hotel sector. So, welcome, first of all, Claudia. Hello, Miriam. Hello to you and to all of our listeners. And thank you very much for this invitation to join you on this BitPod today. Thank you and welcome, and we're very happy to have you on board. So, if you were to give us a bit of background to this study, what was the reasoning behind it? So, uh, the study, I think it's a very fresh and hot topic. Lately, I mean, obviously, COVID-19 has been quite a heated topic lately for very obvious reasons. And the reason for the study was, uh, Malta is highly reliant on tourism and hence the hotel industry. Therefore, I think the study um, was very much needed to understand the roots of everything and where things are coming from and how we can improve the industry, which is very important to Malta and our economy. Good. That sounds very interesting. If you were to give us a bit of a snapshot of for the benefit of our listeners who haven't been in touch uh, with the latest development or perhaps our listeners who are, are not from Malta, what is the current status of the pandemic here in Malta? Uh, so just as a brief um, overview, as everyone knows, the COVID-19 story began back in December of last year in China. That's almost 10 months ago now. Um, unfortunately, the virus has spread worldwide with millions of people are currently infected and almost another million people um, have died. Mm-hmm. Um, in Malta, um, we have been living with the virus for the past six months and the number of active cases and new cases had decreased from its first peak in April. So the government had lifted all the imposed measures by the end of last June. Unfortunately, however, the number of active cases started to rise again by the end of July. So containment measures had to be, unfortunately, reintroduced on August 7th and 18th. Um, a number of these includes the banning of mass gathering, closing of bars and nightclubs, um, limits on hospitality and their daily visits, and the mandatory requirement to wear a face mask in all public and closed spaces. So we have been seeing an increase in the number of these measures to try and contain the virus. Unfortunately, the number of cases are still yet increasing. But back to our topic, what would you say from your study were the implications caused by the pandemic on the hotel industry, which we, as we all know, um, employs a number of people within the industry? And uh, what measures were taken to safeguard the employees? So as I said in the beginning, uh, Malta is highly dependent on tourism. So COVID-19 has proven to be a very detrimental for the hotel industry in Malta. 
Uh, according to the Malta Tourism Authority, for example, in the first quarter of 2019, the occupancy rate among hotels stood at about 48%. Uh, however, in 2020, this fell by 10% to about 37%, so it's quite a substantial decline. Mm-hmm. Uh, another implication is the reduction in the sector's gross value added, um, the com- comparing the GVA recorded in the first quarter of 2019. With that recorded in 2020, the accommodation sector contribution to Malta's economy declined by 21%. So it's another substantial um, implication given our economy. The situation then took a worse turn in March when the airport was closed down for three months, such that no commercial travel was possible. And as a result, businesses that operate within the tourism industry, such as hotels, uh, came to a complete standstill. Despite the reopening of the airport a few months ago, back in July, the figures remain quite troublesome. For example, the occupancy rates in five-star hotels registered an average of 25% in July, as opposed to the usual 89% occupancy rates for the same month last year. Uh, hotels cannot operate at such low, low carrying capacity while simultaneously sustain the same fixed operational cost when businesses were operating at full capacity. Um, in fact, some hotels in Malta are considering closing for the remaining of this year and reopen in March 2021. Turning to your second question, the government launched the wage subsidy scheme and distributed free vouchers worth 100 euros to all citizens. Eight euros of these can be used at any Malta Tourism Authority licensed establishments such as hotels. Therefore, these schemes can also indirectly safeguard employment as they help to stimulate demand for hotel services. Is this uh, concept uh, new for Malta's economy? Has it been in also implemented in the past? So uh, the idea behind follow-up things for businesses to retain their employees rather than laying them off during a crisis as layoffs can slow down economic recovery. So given the current predicaments, I believe that the wage supplement scheme was a very sensible and needed arrangement, which has helped to maintain unemployment from rising exponentially. However, having said that, I believe that the scheme should only be perceived as a short-term incentive rather than as a whole new concept for mm-hmm. Malta's employment. And this is for a number of reasons. So first of all, the government can only contribute so much without incurring unsustainable debts, which will eventually have to be financed. Uh, during crisis, government revenue tend to decline, as we all know, due to lower income taxes and lower VATs. So they are forced to borrow. If the government debt-to-GDP ratio rises quite rapidly, the government must reduce debt levels in the future by either increasing taxes or limited spending. However, the danger here is if taxes are increased too early and too quickly, it could extinguish any economic recovery and and therefore cause further downturn. On the Mm -hmm. other hand, if taxes do not increase, then the country would maintain its high debt levels, such that it becomes riskier to invest in Malta, so higher risk premium is required, and as a result, the government would face even higher payments. So the situation would be spiral even further. Uh, a second issue is that, in my opinion, for law may lead to the sustainment of inefficient businesses. So when the scheme is seized next month in October, businesses will need to fend for themselves, such that some will find it harder than others to remain in operations due to higher costs which may be due to greater inefficiencies within these businesses. Therefore, these inefficient firms are likely to be pushed out of the market when when the scheme ends, as they would be unable to keep up with the efficient firms operating at lower costs. Uh, As a result, if these firms are pushed out of the market, consumers will become better off. Why? Because the the market involves only efficient firms, resulting into higher quality and possibly lower prices due to lower costs. 
Exactly. Thank you, Claudia. In fact, recently I have read in the newspaper that uh, one of our leading uh, group of companies uh, to chain of hotels, the Corinthia Group, is also closing down some of its hotels. So uh, we are slowly, slowly seeing that inefficient or maybe firms which are incurring high costs are being slowly pushed out of the market. Um, this is also in line with economic theory, in fact. And now for a quick intermission. At PKF Malta, we offer a full range of immigration solutions and have dedicated ourselves to meeting excellence as a standard every time. This year, our VIP client handling division celebrates seven years of success, gratitude, friendship and trust. Our current offering covers second passport and permanent residence options for the following countries. Malta, Bulgaria, Turkey, the Caribbean islands of St. Kitts, Dominica and Grenada, as well as E2 business visa applications for the US and a vetted EB5 investment option through our trusted partners. Be a part of our success story. Get in touch with PKF Malta today. So, um, back to our topic regarding the study. So, from your study, do you think that the quality of arrivals and the spending power of our tourists is, is going down? Tell us a bit more about this aspect of your study. So, in terms of tourist quality, unfortunately, the data seems to support this notion. Um, for example, the number of guests in two, three and four star hotels in Malta has increased by more than 40%, which is quite substantial. Yet, the rate recorded among five star hotels is only like 4.2%, so the difference is quite substantial again. Um, this means that although the number of tourists coming to Malta has increased by more than 54% over the past five years, the quality of these tours is unfortunately declining. Uh, this has been intensified by the sponsoring of low-cost airlines and also the popularity of Airbnb. In fact, prior to the COVID-19, hotels had been experiencing a slowdown in their tourism arrivals as compared to the growth that have been registered in the private accommodation sectors. Um, in terms of what can be done, in my opinion, at least an integrated approach to policy development amongst all stakeholders of the industry is required for sure. I think that the most imminent need is to stop advertising Malta as a sun, sea and sand destination, as this is enhancing our seasonality issue, which is quite substantial in Malta. Unfortunately, seasonality limits our economic expansion within the industry due to too much pressure being exerted on the available resources during the summer season and then remain underutilized during winter. So there's quite a bit of imbalance there. Mm -hmm. Also, Malta can attract tourists who are interested in other characteristics that Malta can offer, especially historical cultural aspects. Tours can be organized to visit historical places, such as temples, churches, and museums. Other events can also be provided, especially Carnival in February, which lately has been increasing in popularity. Also, our climate and mild winters make Malta the ideal destination for hiking, picnics, and trekking, as opposed to other European countries who, unfortunately, due to their weather, doesn't really allow for such activities to take place. And then subsequently, these tourists would be able to visit Malta through different seasons and not just summer, and also create different niches of tourism, which may help to generate higher quality. 
Uh, as a last point, in my opinion, COVID-19 has also hindered our ability to achieve higher quality tourism. A case in point being that the development of the Hard Rock Hotel in St. Julian's was put on hold due to the pandemic. The hotel is intended to target high-end tourists and it was expected to open in 2021. Similarly, due to COVID-19, the Marriott Hotel in Baluta Bay has also suffered. The hotel has had its official launch in February 2020, but it had to close down only to reopen now. So given the current predicaments, delays are obviously to be expected. So again, it's a step mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. And uh, after working on this exciting project, um, uh, Claudia, what is uh, your professional opinion regarding uh, the findings and going forward? So, as I said, in my opinion, I think the most urgent issue is obviously to move away from advertising world as a sun, sea and sand destination and move towards other aspects, as mentioned in the previous question. Uh, this, in fact, was also stressed by the Maltese Prime Minister, who argued that the pandemic has presented an opportunity to readjust our industry to cater for higher quality visitors rather than focusing on just larger numbers. Also, I believe that the hotel industry will unfortunately face worse predicaments in the next quarter of 2020, reason being that usually hotels register the highest occupancy rates between July and September. Uh, to make things worse, the reopening of schools and the fact that winter is associated with more colds and flu have also raised concerns that COVID-19 will surge even further, which can lead to more cautionary savings and therefore slower econo- economic recovery. I believe that the biggest limiting factor is that recovery within the Maltese hotel industry, unfortunately, does not only depend on the local context, but also on international situations. Therefore, even if Malta manages to reduce and sustain very low levels of active cases, the hotel industry requires tourists to prosper. Therefore, unless other countries manage to control their cases and situation, the industry will remain in distress. The last point that I wish to mention is that although we are currently living in a world where even one month ahead of today is perceived as a long time, the industry requires a long-term and sustainable policy. This would help to reduce the uncertainty that currently prevails to better manage their resources, especially given that the government schemes will cease within the next month. The government should also enhance the promotion of internal tourism. Although this has already been done, the billboards in place are in Maltese rather than in English, so internal tourism can be further enhanced by undertaking the same promotion in English, so as to target also the foreigners residing in Malta. Exactly, and uh, one hopes that the upcoming budget will uh, include some incentives and some schemes to aid the hotel industry, keeping in mind, obviously, that government cannot unfortunately continue to fork out such expenditure for a long period of time because of government debt issues and all the, the issues that you mentioned previously. One last question. Um, I know that the economic scheme carries out from time to time a number of studies. I know that they are available online on our website as well, and one can reach out to, to us in order to obtain a copy of these studies. Has PKF worked on other similar studies? Yes, as you said, we undertake a number of studies. 
throughout mm-hmm. the year. We did take a similar studies, yes, that, that worked on analyzing the effects of a decrease in VAT from 18% to 7% on the restaurant sector in Malta, however. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So restaurants and hotels are quite similar in the sense that both are highly dependent on tourism and therefore were both severely affected by the pandemic, unfortunately. Uh, just a brief, the results that we obtained indicate that due to the multiplier effects, nominal GDP in 2020 would increase by about 0.65% and between 0.61 and 67% in 2021 if this reduction in VAT had to eventually materialize. I'm aware that a number of countries, in fact, have implemented such a reduction in the VAT um, and decreased their VAT rate from a high number to a low figure in order to boost aggregate demand for the restaurant sector. So, um, uh, as a conclusion, Claudia, any further comments you'd like to make to our listeners? To conclude, I believe that it's fair to say that the pandemic has completely changed our everyday life. I mean, a few months ago, uh, you couldn't even wear a hat to the bank, but now today you have to wear a mask to go to a bank. So it's quite different. Uh, COVID-19 mm-hmm. has had and is still having, unfortunately, huge implications for the hotel industry and hence for our economy. Also, despite the efforts made by the government, I believe that much more needs to be done, especially to overcome the current uncertainty as to how the situation will materialize once the schemes stop, also now that we're approaching the winter season. Also, the past few months have highlighted the importance of focusing more on quality rather than quantity when it comes to tourism, as this can help to generate a stronger economy in face of such situations, which can help to build a stronger resilience for our economy if other pandemics or exogenous shocks had to materialize in the future. Thanks, Claudia. Um, that was very, very interesting. It provided a good snapshot of your study. Thanks for all of our listeners to, for tuning in. And if you have any further suggestions which you'd like us to study, feel free to get in touch with us. Um, I also encourage you to visit our socials in order to see our upcoming BitPods. And in the meantime, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Bit Podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter.